goes and then uh, we can i have like three people that i abuse and they uh they cut and edit the whole thing so <laughs> we don't have to worry about what we say and stuff you did you did wait a minute let me just get it you did a private class for three hours just now uh yes yeah, so uh i guess we call it on you know online seminar it's lithuanian guys they're they, we you know like they're kind of under me or i help them you know so uh so they they thought it was it would be fun to support me uh with those uh, with these crazy times so usually i visit their gyms twice a year yeah and they they they're you know lithuania estonia so they're 600 kilometers apart oh, that's so pretty close. yeah and uh so uh i didn't do a seminar i think in their gym also in spring and now usually in the fall in november i go to their gym but all the corona stuff going on so they thought they they tried this format and people were even i were more pleasantly surprised we had uh, people send me four clips but there was i think six to eight people i think participated that that format and uh, also comments were like people were like like pleasantly more surprised uh, that that uh, how much it helped you know or uh, was it useful or not? Or, or how did I explain stuff? So they were maybe, you know, it's kind of hard to explain things watching video and then explain it in a way that other person understands what they should have been doing or, you know. So, but I think it turned out good. So, uh, yeah, so we're probably going to do it again. It's probably going to be the future of Jiu-Jitsu. Everything's going to be online. I don't know. I still like, like, uh, I don't <laughs> mind those things clearly <laughs> during this time, but I, I clearly feel that physical... Uh, physical privates, I can do more, but I also I liked it when I just roll. They did the rolling four minutes, and then I just break everything down. Oh. Uh, yeah, so that, I I think in that sense, uh, I think it it was it was good, uh, good format for for you know for a exchange or for a change. Mm -hmm. It's a good format that that uh and i don't didn't feel like people wasted their money and you know they paid something and then they feel they, like oh I didn't, yeah you could do your part in a way like yeah you know, yeah so, but i think it's, for sort of money i think there's a value clearly i wouldn't i wouldn't ask you know 500 euros and stuff you know but for certain money i think it's there's a benefits you know and the, definitely personal you know one-on-one -on -one, somebody is you know it's more expensive or it's more more value but i guess you can do a put a price on everything and if the value is is there what the people get so why not do that you know so. perfect perfect huh so yeah it, it, it's weird it's weird that we are in this time and that we're going to do like a bunch of stuff on online and, and yeah but yeah it's it's it, it does continue this whole this yeah there's also a lot of that's why I also started this whole podcast. The, the reason was I wanted to get to know uh, the people behind it, the philosophy, the, the thoughts behind it. I mean, we, we go online and we see a million and one techniques in the same way you were saying on YouTube. YouTube teaches a bunch of stuff, <laughs> which I can't really talk about. Well, I can. Most of it is shit. And when you said it, it was such a relief to also hear somebody agree with it. <laughs> that most of the stuff on uh, YouTube isn't works, but then works under very, very specific circumstances. So my, my thought was more going into like, if I talk to somebody 
how to, how to get behind the mind? Like, well, how did you get to this? How did you come? The, the, the real questions and the hard questions are coming up. I'm, I'm going to come with them. But uh, okay. the, the idea is, 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 is wanting to know how did, what was the thought process that made you go into jujitsu überhaupt? What made you think, oh my God, there's something that I have to uh, uh, change or there's something missing here. There's something that I need to get to. And so are you asking me this? No, no not yet. I will. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm coming to it, but that's really hard questions. And yeah. it's a, yeah, you that's just what finished a two-hour fucking <laughs> seminar. I, I, pre- I appreciate that when people, you know, people do podcasts because I, I think I did a Facebook post about it that uh, recently I think I've hit some invisible bar, you know. Uh, yesterday, uh, no, Thursday I had two podcasts, one with the old, the old, uh, old rollers, and yeah. then it was with mental model guys. Oh. Then sat- Saturday, now it's you. I done a podcast with Sonny Brown uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So, and that I held a, I think I yesterday or the day before I got a uh, invitation to to talk to some two Scottish guys uh, also. So clearly, uh, my own self perception is really lousy. You know. Uh, I think I'm nice and making jokes and people always say, dude, you're the most serious, weird dude I ever met. You never smile. I was like, I don't think of myself like this, you know? And uh, so I, I have no clue how I'm perceived. Uh, clearly, I, I, I made it, made it, make it look more, way more serious than I actually am. Uh, and and um, I'm happy that I've, I'm past certain threshold that people want to talk to me, you know. No, they want to talk to you. They just don't want. They don't want. Yeah, man. You're funny. Yeah. I mean, when I met you in the in the seminar, I immediately thought you're funny. And I recently <laughs> discovered because I was watching your videos and stuff like that. I recently discovered you. I I I, I didn't hear about you, and then I heard about you through Raul a little bit, and then we did the seminar, and I'm like, oh. Well, let me dive into all the material I can find about this man, and then I, <laughs> and now you became officially my favorite person after I saw <laughs> the Hawking move. <laughs> yeah, the Hawking. The, the the name for it requires a special kind of humor. <laughs> I know. I actually, I, I actually think it was funny. I even remember the. It's hilarious. Even remember the, hilarious. the, the seminar. It was yeah. SPG, I think. Uh, SPG, not Yugoslavia, but SPG Slovakia or something. It was a one SPG seminar. We were uh, with John Cavan and me. I was part of SPG like a uh, you know long time and but yes. uh, but I remember actually the seminar when I when I asked John like John, what do you think Stephen Hawking? Let's call it this. John was like, <laughs> ah, okay, you know. So uh, but it, it yeah. So but now it always goes. It, what kind of throws? What I always have to say because the listeners and stuff. Uh, is I always say, I, I, I talk to people, you know, I say, okay, we call it Stephen Hawking, then it's a dead silence. You know, people are like, oh shit, you know, that, you know, he made a really bad joke. <laughs> and then I'm, then I'm usually always adding, you know, that, you know, the guy was a genius, so is this move. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then people are super confused that, oh, now, so in their head, I was making a fun something else. And uh, so I always go like Hawking, you know, this kind of very smart thing to do, kind of boxing and stuff. So this move is a genius and, you know, the, so, so is the guy. 
And I was like, okay, that's that's the reference I use. So whatever happens in your head, it's in your head. Okay, I took it the worst way possible, and I still think it's hilarious. <laughs> but but that's the joke because. Uh, uh, but that's the joke that you can you can take it kind of in a in a you know both ways. You can take it both ways. I, I yeah. don't think it's bad. I think it's an amazing thing. It does look a lot like hockey. <laughs> I know. And it, oh, and by the way, after I saw it, I started doing that shit and I was mostly amazed that it actually does really fucking work. So your shit is definitely legit. I, I've been training not too long. I've been training a while, but... Um, How long? I live, I've been... I mean, let me see. I got uh, nine years now. Eight and a half, nine years. It's already something. It's already something. It's a nice beginning, right? <laughs> yeah. So for, for some people, it's beginning. For some people, it's the end, you know? Oh, no. I, I thought when I, when I got black, I, I thought this is the end. I had, I had a little stop. I don't know if this ever happened to you. I had, I, 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 I had something because I really wanted to reach black belt. And then when I got it, it was like, huh, now I'm depressed. And I actually was. I was, a, I was like four, four or five months looking at the world going like, well, I, I dedicated the better part of eight years to this and now I have it and now it's weird. Now I don't have anything else to do. Now I'm coming back to it and I'm happy again. But uh, it, it, it didn't hit me like uh, a little bit hard. I went like into But that's, that's also very common. You, you hear that all the time. You know that I always forget his name, so I'm sorry. But, uh, you know that famous heavyweight boxer who actually won the fight and then fell into depression, got really fat? Oh, um, are um, we th in, in the Rocky movie, the same guy, Tommy Gunn? No, Tommy Gunn. No, no, some, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, some, they had a boxing oh. match. The Gypsy, the Gypsy King uh, that fought against Deontay Wilder now. Um, I don't know. I'm really bad with names. Uh, me too. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Wait, wait, let me look at my Jamie. Tyson Fury. Yes. <laughs> And uh, so he, you know, he, Joe Rogan, I think, and everything about, well, I don't know the exact story, but as, as much as I've heard is, uh, you know, he had a fight, he trained for it, everything was for it. There was no life after that, you know, everything was for that time. And after he, he won, he, he actually fell into depression because there was no goal. And then he got super fat uh, in that sense, you know, obese and it was a health issues and stuff. Uh, I think that was a story. And then he got on a fight. And then he got back in shape. Uh, he, he, he was feeling the, the will to you know, put the one foot in front of the other. He got back from the hole. And I think even, I think he talked about it, that you need certain, like, uh, you know, you need a purpose in your life or you need something to, you know, you have to be a fan of something or, you know. So if you just pointlessly wander around, uh, you don't see you're useful to somebody or don't find a purpose, then it seems like it's easier to to fall into that dark place. True. And, and uh, so, so that's kind of what happened to him. So, uh, and this kind of feeling, you know, after the black belt, uh, people have those things, you know, that they think it's so, they, they think it's something, but then they get it. And it's like, huh, I, I thought it was something bigger, you know? But, uh, but the point was like, you were already there. So if it just, even before the black belt, like yesterday, you know, like you, you would consider if you get tomorrow black belt, you were already yesterday there. But just, you know, 
And uh, then usually it's not like, you know, you weren't there and then it's a black belt and then you're there, you know, mm -hmm. that somebody just carried you 500, you know, meters or whatever, but you were already there. You were already and, there. Uh, and so that's what people, we, we, that's why I don't like about belts and all those things also in a way. I think there's place for them, but uh, also if we mystify them too much, if, they make, if we make them something they're not, yeah. then uh, it's actually, could be actually not so good for people. I think there are good markers. I think definitely there's uh, value in those things. But if you put everything there, you know, all your life kind of emotions and everything, and then it's, I think it's going to be, it can be a little bit dangerous, you know? Uh, so in that sense, I think it's our responsibility as people that, you know, have walked this road before is to, to do it differently than maybe we experienced it, you know, that, that we already know what's, what's the psychology and stuff and that maybe we present it to people better, you know, we don't make people so much goal dependent and we don't, you know, godify the, all the black belts and stuff and, and they're like, oh, the, mean, the more stripes you have black belt, the more s smarter you are, you know, no. It's, 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 I think people don't know and then they see more stripes and then red belts and those stripes and they, those guys, they have to know even more. It doesn't guarantee that. And uh, so, so I think we have to be open about it. Uh, and I think even in my in future, I would expect to younger generation will be changing certain things in a, in a hierarchy structure in a later because uh, those things were done when things were, times were different. And I think it, it could be also, uh, you know, argument that maybe we should do it differently than, uh, so, yeah. So, but I think that's for our younger generations. And, you know, I think that adaptation part is good. Something is, if something doesn't change, it would die. So, uh, so I think that what, the, always the argument I have, what was the likelihood that people figured out the best representative system for belts early days? So the argument is it's unlikely that we figured out the best system, you know. That's why we have evolution in jiu-jitsu, that people figured, didn't figure out everything, you know. Right now the evolution has been crazy and uh, still these days people haven't figured out stuff and we can still do better. Yeah. So, so, so the argument is that the system we picked and the black belts and the years and whatever, how we do it, it could be argued that uh, it was a system that was put in place some decades ago and maybe we should take another look at how the system is presented. Maybe we can tweak it a little bit here, there, make it better, make it more fair. You know, so that's always, I think, it's, if something is like, no, it's fixed, I think that's the dangerous part. Absolutism, that is, uh, that's not, in talk, speaking in absolutes, that's always dangerous. That's yeah. But I always know that authority will always want to keep it this way, and then, you know, that's what always life happens, that, younger generations come and then ruin everything for older people <laughs> they challenge all the rules they do this they want to do it differently so i think it's a wonderful wonderful uh, battle yeah it is it is but i do see the tendency of us looking backwards and always seeing that how wrong we did so if we look uh, it's always been like this huh it's always been like this yeah we always look backwards and that's uh, something well then i have to go into psychology over down the philosophy but uh, well i think c.s lewis mentioned it saying that if the more we look backwards there's always something wrong with previous generations they did that wrong and they did that wrong and they did that wrong and eventually we're going to become the generation that did it wrong 
Yeah, I, maybe, you know, jokingly, you can call them wrong and everything, but I think they, um, I, I don't think it's um, totally tr- true to say they, you know, very, very politically correct would be they, 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 may, they did the best they could, you know? And uh, I don't think every person's intentions are the best as possible, you know? Some people are, are dragging it down. Some people are pushing it forward. But, but overall, I think, you know, it is what it is. It's a, still a progress, you know? Any other field, you can see it. In Jiu-Jitsu also, I think. And, and, and I, I don't say completely wrong. I think it's just easier to, if you see that complexity, what is, what is actually is evolution and how it's getting better and what things could be fixed. I think it's just the oversimplification that you usually have to come with a disclaimer that if I say wrong, what it actually means, it's not like in a bad way, but something to fix, something to try, uh, thrive for, something to do better, but wrong, not in a, in a, that, in a wrong and right in a, in a yeah. wording, so to speak. But it's sometimes it's so hard to explain everything, so it's just wrong. It's sometimes easier to say amongst people that understand each other. Yeah, they go like, yeah, we're wrong. wrong." I I, I get it. I do get it. I do get the whole system is a little bit freaky in in a way. I think, um, uh, yeah, we're in that period that we're going to see this big change coming up. What change? In jiu-jitsu, in overall grappling and everything like that. I see you coming up and and, and it's... if, if people want to know more about you, I'd say go on the website. It's in the amazing. By the way, I went on the website, man. The defensive uh, jiu-jitsu stuff looks amazing, by the way. Amazing. Looks amazing. <laughs> anyway, amazing. Uh, so I think some people have uh, gotten the email. They, they, they get past the front page that is a countdown and some be- be- what call it? Be- beta testers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a public, I think, uh, I don't know what time actually, but the date is 5th October, so Monday. Uh, then we open it for a public and there should be, hopefully there should be 50 something plus, 55 something plus videos. This online seminar that we just did, uh, two, and a, two hours and 40 minutes, this can also be up there. So, so um, for people to see and people to learn from those guys what they did. Uh, so site's going to be up. I think it's going to be already, you know, enough information because clearly, you know, the, it's going to be $14.99 and 12.6 euros for a month. So I think for that value, there's more than enough stuff there. And, uh, and I, I didn't put like a, you know, all the section that I wanted to put out there. Uh, some, some in there's a videos that some kind of section might go deeper, and some are more shallow, or some are missing. But I think it's enough at the moment, and then we start to build it. You know, the grill chicken open guard is not there yet, so we're gonna put it there. Uh, so bargain. everything can happen. It's a bargain. What? It's cheap for twelve euros. It's a bargain. Everybody that's so, listening should get it. Stop. Being- so that's that's the point. Kind of we, uh, you know, it can always go high. But I guess um, I'm not the guy, so I have, a, I have a business partner, so I'm the more content creator, you know, and the other business partner is building it, advertising it, so he's the guy. Uh, and uh, uh, so that's his thing to figure out. But we took more like a, like a Netflix price, uh, similar that we want to reach more people. So even, you know, like a, sometimes like, like a, I'm not trying to be like down, downplay my site, 
because I think there's value anyway. But sometimes, you know, in Netflix, there's nothing on sometimes, <laughs> you know, and you still pay your 10 euros and because it will come, you know, that some bundle will come or some site a series will come. So the 10 euros will not bother you, you know. So it's not like, you know, 25, 30 euros a month. If there's no value, you start to think about it. So at the moment, we went with this. So to build a customer base, to get more feedback. Yeah. Because if you put, uh, you know, higher price, 100 euros, you have to deliver something, you know, magical. Okay. But uh, when, you, when you start like this, then also I think the, the, you know, in a way, expectancy level is different. And then we start to grow and then we'll see how it evolves. But uh, so so that will be like. Uh, but I wanted to keep it more available because because uh, you know I'm trying to reach a lot of people with this uh, white belts, blue belts, recreational people, older grapplers. Uh, I'm not trying to talk to. I, I guess everybody benefits also competitors, but I'm not trying to talk to uh, talk to a lot of you know high level grapplers, so to speak, that are very competitive driven. Uh, I can, you know, I can talk to coaches, all those things. And I get a lot of messages from older grapplers that they say, like, the positions I advocate, they they let them survive better against younger guys. And they can enjoy jiu-jitsu way more. They know their, their limitation. They can't win them, but it's still they can be around, you know, and still enjoy the sport. So I get really kicked out of this kind of feedback usually that, that because they said if I would go toe-to-toe with this, we're head-to-head with the young guys, they would lose, but I just survive and do what I can, but I can still do jiu-jitsu, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I feel that's very valuable. So definitely I have my I have my audience there, and we'll see whoever, who else is interested, because we try to go like uh, how to teach techniques, how to learn techniques, how to, taught, how to teach a class. There's going to be a class templates, why warm-up, uh, you know, my ideas that like a broad view that I'm not, you know, setting in stone, but if you can do already this, like Raul did, you know, in his class of when we taught insights and Kaku that I would take that formula. I can make a one, you know, basically one first day guy make an insights and Kaku from X card. And the results were really impressive. Even Raul was like, Oh shit. I, you know, you, I actually made him pull it off. And so there's definitely formula that I'm not saying is the best, but it's a good start. And then you can, you know, work with that. Uh, so teaching techniques, teaching class, um, learning techniques on your own, uh, what to do. Um, definitely some rants, some ideas, that some thought process. I, yesterday I already filmed, I think, three videos about it. that I just talked 10 minutes or something. Uh, so it's, the site's going to be, you know, defensive side of this things. Uh, and then um, uh, very seems like very niche, and some people think uh, it's like uh, my style. I promote my style, but I am saying that you know it happens to be my style is similar because that's my research. I'm interested in those things, but I'm definitely not gonna advocate that people should you know just lay on their backs and play turtle or nothing else. You know that I'm just saying that this. This uh, side of the jiu-jitsu is underfunded, is understudied, and uh, this is my way to contribute to the, the sport I love, and people can fund my studies. So I, I treat it like this, that I'm, I don't know when I'm going to, you know, I'm always going to invent and innovate and whatever, I'm going to fix stuff, and I don't know when those packages will come out, uh, but, uh, but this is people's way to you know, uh, fund this kind of research 
and um, my job is to provide certain uh, certain ideas and so far people can already see my history that i have provided certain things i'm not you know starting right now and give me my money i've done things i have innovated i have helped so there's a trust that i can do it again uh, and so i treat this site like you're you guys are funding my research amazing amazing yeah. you, you treat it more like a science project in a way, in a way. I don't know. I don't know how else to take it because uh, otherwise it would be like a you know ego site. Yeah. Like, uh, my that because I don't what I'm what every site can can be and I don't I don't like it is there's like a, I clearly know that you know I have my opinions and why I do things and people can do a running man and turtle differently, but then it's debate why this is good, this is bad. You know, it's not gonna be like two turtles are right in the same time. Uh, we can debate about it, and one is better in one time, one is better other time. Uh, so, so uh, I definitely have the authority card because if you built the system, you can always change it, and I know it where it came from. And people who are doing what I do will always mimic me a bit. And they if they mimic a bit, a little bit more, they cannot change the system because they don't know how it's built. So that's why I, I keep changing Running Man. I change the Hawking a bit. And, uh, you know, some people have said, oh, I felt something was off anyway, but it's hard for them to change things because they don't know how it's built. Right. And, and, and uh, for me, it's yeah, like a science project that I, I really like to think about. It's like funding the research. And then we have certain authorities there that I'm at least uh, clearly one of them there that can have their opinion, do this, do that, do that. But people can also, uh, uh, there's also forums and people can talk about it. So it's not, I don't like it's only me. And uh, then it's going to be about me. You know, that's why it, it is like an online coaching by Preet, but the name is not Preet Jiu-Jitsu, you know? Yeah, it's a defensive BJJ, you know? Yeah, and uh, so it's, a, it's a more, more open. So people, you know, maybe I have more people joining as authorities to the site in the future, you know? Right now it's me. We make it work. Then maybe I start to work with some people more, you know? I, I don't know. So... It's uh, the name is open and then it's a very niche and really, you know, gives everybody opportunity. And uh, clearly, you know, I, I would say I have certain say there and I clearly I do all the videos and stuff. So it's, it is a bit about me, but it's still about the research. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. I, I was I was watching it and it's it's amazing, man. I'm going to jump away from this. Just sure. for a second, and because uh, there's also a whole list, I asked people. I did. I had the amazing uh, one of the people that, that that do the editing for me and the sound guy, Andra. He uh, had the amazing idea to ask questions on Instagram. Who had questions for you? And the list <laughs> of questions that came in. The list of stupid questions I had to <laughs> filter through was amazing. It's always I'm, I'm I'm always like surprised that that you know the the bad thing would be you ask a question and nobody asks anything you know then you go like oh shit you know <laughs> and then you have to make a good face here like oh I had hundreds of questions but I'm happy that somebody actually wanted to ask something oh so many so many well one of the things that uh, one of the people that worked with me wanted to ask was uh, and that's what I also wanted to know uh, why did that <laughs> stupid the tattoo on your arm <laughs> why so serious does it have a reason. Uh, so yes, um, I was in Portland when I did it, 
this uh, for, this one is a uh, Iceland made. Oh, and another cool. is, other is Portland. So I it's let's say this the Dark Knight the th- second part is one of my favorite movies. Oh, shit. Uh, it's uh, I don't know one of I'm not saying one of the best movie I've ever made, but it's very alive. <laughs> and also this why so literally why so serious in this manner? I've heard this question towards me, like right now even over 15 years. Yeah. Before this tattoo is at least seven or something six years old, but before I did it, sometimes I I was visiting gyms in Ireland and all those things. I sat around and. People go like, dude, why so serious, you know? And they actually asked me this. And when I, when I saw, because previous Jokers, they didn't have that why so serious thing in, uh, I think, Batman movies. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, it's, I, I want to have a tattoo. And then I was like, what do, what do I have? What, what is me and what is like, you know, represents me? Not just random thing that's, you know, totally fine, but I wanted like meaning, you know, like a first tattoo or I think it was yeah, second, maybe. Yeah, just meaning, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think uh, this was actually first, I think. I think, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, so the Vice So Serious and Joker is one of, the, one of my favorite movies. And the Vice So Serious and all the rebel that Joker is. And uh, so it, it's, you can find like, some more philosophical reasons and you can go like, even maybe you can find something you haven't thought about it. Oh, it also makes sense. But I think good movie, Why So Serious and kind of the rebelism of the Joker, uh, so why not? Why not, yeah, man. Why so serious? It's actually a good tattoo, because I saw it there and I was about to ask it, and then kind of forgot about it, and then Andre came up with it. Hey, yo, ask him about the tattoo, man. Let's, let's know because more about Creed, uh, you know? Uh, I've, been, I've been stopped. Uh, what's the TSA, yeah, the airport stuff, yeah, TSA. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes, you, yes you go yes. to metal thing and stuff. I've had hey, that in America or here in Europe? In America? Uh, I don't know. I've been stopped. Uh, I think three times for sure, even maybe four, three times for sure that I, I went through. I was like, stop. I was like, oh shit, show me the tattoo. Oh and, shit. Yeah, and they just stopped me in a, in a TSA and they just wanted to say, just to see the tattoo. I was like, whew, you know, you always get nervous or something. <laughs> and uh, so that was always, always fun with those. When, when those things happen. Oh my God. And then you just yeah. clench a little bit and go like, oh no, I hope they don't search me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and uh, so that doesn't happen. But so I don't, I don't know if I do any more, but uh, this is actually somewhere someone is working in a factory. Oh. So that's what, that's what that's it says. What it says. It says. It says. Yeah, that some, somewhere someone is working in a factory and uh, the end is, it's, what's not written is, but not me. Oh, and uh, so I, 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 what does it mean? It means that I should never complain about my life. Oh fuck yeah, that's definitely. And so somewhere someone is working in a factory. It means like you know in a in a really bad factory, like I don't know, cents an hour or something. You know that people have worse lives than me. Yeah. And uh, so if I ever start to complain about something in my life that ah, oh, it's my life is so hard. If I ever start to think that too seriously, I have that to remind me that, you know, not all things are bad. That's actually going good. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's yeah, a beautiful so, way of saying it. That's a, that's a nice way of saying it. 
How did you how did you get into let me drop back and pop back into a little bit of jujitsu? Why the hell did you start with jujitsu? I remember you when we were there, when we were together, you were telling our story like I, I have an idea, a very vague idea, that you, you said like uh, Estonia was uh, you grew up in kind of Russia before <laughs> I <laughs> I make that joke. You have a little bit of Russian in you <laughs> and you don't smile because of that. <laughs> it costs too much energy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the usual jokes I do, you know, I'm, I'm, when I say I'm part Russian, I, I say it more jokingly yeah. because we were part of Russia as a country. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I actually like to call myself an Islander. It's a you know, long story that I actually, till this day, I like to, differentiate myself there's a mainland estonia there's an islander estonia yeah they're one of the estonian big islands so i still for me it's important i know some people say oh, who cares but back in the day that, that meant more uh that our biggest island that. no but that's actually interesting you were like you those were vikings right that's the story yeah. well, so that's uh they our even then my mother's maiden name like a coach was some uh, viking tradition kind of saying oh. Whatever the one one guy actually studied our our history, so to speak, and actually the the our my mo mother's maiden name, like a coach, came from the some Viking tradition that was named Kautz, but then they named it, you know, the, they changed the letters in later. So uh, I have that history. So and I'm yeah Estonian and everything, but uh, like uh, Russian times, definitely the the I was. For 91 so i was 14 when i when we got independence yeah and uh, i'm anyway i'm always been alone i've always been a loner so i'm, I'm kind of like a, in that specter and i didn't have i never had a lot of friends i think i have maybe one guy that maybe was my friend in a, in a main school <laughs> uh i was always uh, you know i i told that story already uh, i think to someone recently that i was um it saved me i think was a basketball yeah. That uh, I started to play basketball in third grade, and we had a you know mini basketball and then adult basketball. So you you played as a kid. So that was my escape, and uh, I was I, I was the let's say in that age group, I was Estonian best player. Uh, I was very obsessive about basketball, so that was my escape. Wow! And I think that wow. was uh, that's why I was also I think less bullied and everything, because people needed me. Uh, to play in their team and stuff, so I had a reason to, for them to like me more. I, I guess you know I'm not I'm not traumatized, but uh, but I know I'm socially weird. I never had a, like a first. I never had a, like a, you know usually you sit with a, somebody next to you in a classroom. I mostly always sat alone. <laughs> uh, so uh, always, always and yeah, so I, I don't mind also those things, but um, yeah. Uh, so uh, what else? What else? So basketball ended. And then um, I went to technical school because my mom didn't let me go to high school because she's a teacher and she she thought that uh, maybe I would not do good because I wasn't dumb but I, I wasn't also motivated. <laughs> uh, and then uh, then I met some people that trained Aikido and karate and then I in some point my dad wanted to make a man out of me a little bit also. Uh, I wasn't a pushover but still I was a little bit soft. I was a little bit chubby also. I was, I was, I think uh, I wouldn't, I wasn't obese, but I was clearly overweight and I was a little bit chubby. So that's why also, uh, I, I would, I had an easier time because I played well because people bullied me less. Yeah. 
but still things happened. And then uh, I was 17, I think I went to karate. And then I took Aikido at the same time. So I, I trained karate, I think, three times and Aikido twice a week. Oh, uh, and then my coach died. And then we already did some soft stuff. And I don't know, again, the history with years and stuff. But I know I was, I was, also, in a tai, I was also a Tai Chi teacher. I oh, taught okay. I, Yeah, I had the groups. We did Mitran Tai Chi Tron. That's, uh, the teacher came from U.S. And he was also like Scott Rudell. So, and then uh, I ended that, and then we went to Wing Chun because it was familiar and it was kind of best thing after karate because they were so violent and uh, street fighting and poking the eyes and stuff. And uh, so I did that probably six years. I changed teachers, I think four times. And finally I found a teacher from Lithuania. Uh, and then... And then I, I ended up leaving him also because the whole system, oh, everything kind of has a pyramid scheme. Anyway, uh, uh, and then, the, then 2005, February, we left. I explained everything to people, why I do that, what's the kitchen side of things. We call it kitchen side, you know, like a backstage. Mm-hmm. What's, what, what is the things they don't know? What, why, why I have to lie to them, kind of like, and it's the traps and stuff. And why I can't teach them certain things. And blah, blah, blah. So we left 2005 February and 2005 May. We did our own club 3D training. That's three distance kind of the short from the stand-up clinching ground. So three distance, 3D training. And that's the rest of the history. And then we started. We never had our own gym. Always rented times from judo halls and stuff. So, so we always wanted like a nice building, so to speak, and showers and stuff. And I know some people sacrifice that for their own building and they start without showers and all those things so and now three years ago right now 2017 august we we got that, that big big gym yeah with yeah. thousand square meter uh 550 square meters or something mat space cage uh so you know that's that's the history that uh we started i think in 2000 2001 and now right now it's 220 so so that's a short Short history, so to speak. Uh, overnight success, yeah. Uh, 20 years of making overnight success. 20 years in the making, at least. <laughs> yeah, so, and also the jitsu started this way, that uh, uh, we had another, uh, another Wing Chun guy in the early days, was a former Zambo guy. So he did, uh, first he showed me Zambo, I really liked it right away. I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, it's ground fighting, and uh, you know, I just liked it, I don't know why. And then he did some seminars, and we still did, I think, some karate stuff. But I know some seminars here and there that we, we tried also some grappling, you know, knee pads and a wooden floor. And, and then, um, then it grew from there. And there was definitely the VHS, Royce Gracie, uh, VHS, UFC 1 to 4. We watched that. So that gave us, the, you know, some, some of us the final push. push. And then uh, from there we went, and uh, then we, you know, got it. Then we went away, I think, from the Sambo and more Jiu-Jitsu, you know, that Jiu-Jitsu techniques and the DVDs we got uh, from internets and uh, the information was scarce, you know, and then we've, we traveled to Finland to compete and then blah, blah, blah. So the rest is history. And so it's a, it's a crazy start. Uh, and then also I think the story I have to tell that uh, we did also bloody, uh, bloody Thursdays each month, one, one Thursday or once uh, in two months when he put helmets and all the things on. And we fought in a you know, Wing Chun class 
but the, the grapplers that knew that people that knew grappling they had um, they had a major advantage and they ended up winning most fights that we had so and this was also a turning point that guy that we do those uh, you know Wing Chun stuff and they always tell us that oh we have to do 10 years more for it to work and then you just literally you see a double leg and you can do it in a fight yeah. And it right away works. And, uh, and that correlation would go like, well, something's not right here, you know? And so all those things slowly, slowly pushed us away and then, you know, then ended up doing jiu-jitsu, wrestling and boxing and all those things. So, like, I think it's all, my, my start is uh, also similar to other people in my age group. In those, you know, I, I said that, that Steven, Stiegel, Steven Siegel, Van Damme, Bruce Lee, they started with some traditional martial arts and then came jiu-jitsu and, you know, and then Everybody usually it's, uh, it's very similar. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I see it. This is, it, it's a similar story that I hear that people usually start in one martial art and then they, 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 they see, they saw UFC and that's when everybody went like, oh, this yeah. might be important. My, my case was, I, I saw it, I heard it was, because I, I already knew it existed, but I never thought it would be working. Also because I was, uh, at the time I was doing Taekwondo. And then I eventually went to boxing because my father was a boxer. And then it, it was out of nowhere. I went to, like, uh, I went to this gym to, to try the jiu-jitsu, you know, because why not? And I got my ass handed to me completely. I, I was treated like a child. And then I was like, all right. This is how it is. This is how it works. And this is what I'm going to do the next couple of years, <laughs> nonstop. It was yeah, because, a- because I think, uh, you know, people had similar experiences. But the funny thing is that what, what my, my funny thing, yeah, my, 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 how would I explain this? That, that people can still, you know, do boxing or taekwondo. But the way people were thinking about fighting was weird that they thought that was enough, you know, because if you clearly do boxing or taekwondo, totally fine, do it, like it, uh, know its limitations, you know, that was it, what it's good for, what it's not, and you're not going to go to grappling gym and pretend, oh, guys, I will just kick you in the head, you know, or MMA fight, you know, that, but that's very dangerous. So I find the more those art, other arts are keeping people in a, in, a, in a bubble, you know, and that's very, very dangerous that... Uh, then, uh, because I don't mind if people do other stuff, you know, they, they should just know what it's for and uh, don't bring stupid arguments in an adult table. And, uh, and uh, wh- whatever you do, good for you, you're moving, you know, Jiu-Jitsu is definitely not best ever, you know. But, uh, but uh, I find earlier days, the days, these, days, these days less, but it's still, you know, people are surprised, but these uh, earlier days, I think people thought that Taekwondo was enough, you know, that you could have a fight and what is a ground running? You, you can't take me on the mat, you know? So that is a really, you know, bad attitude to have that you don't know your own limitations and then you, then you think like this is the best I have. And I find this is, th- these days it's more scarce to have that attitude that it's very destructive. People, that, people will, that will be like a paradigm shift for in your head, like, oh shit, whatever I've done, you know? And I even like sometimes I'm not talking about you, but sometimes I would say like if somebody gets their ass kicked, they they've done some you know stand up martial arts twenty years, they don't know and they get their ass kicked. 
I don't think I don't think it's always necessary for you to change whatever you did, because now you're just aware of your limitations and now you correct your attitude and you still keep training uh, that art maybe you know, because I don't I don't think it's necessary to change right away, but people can definitely because they start to like jujitsu and all those you know full on grappling and you can always go like a really strong, like a full on. But uh, definitely, if it's more like a, you know fantasy based, and uh, you don't spar, and then they kick your ass, and then your kind of world crumbles, you know. So <laughs> there's different stories here. But but uh, yeah, for most people, I think that, that you know 80s, 90s, I think it it was it was kind of like a wake up call, like that we don't know anything about fighting. <laughs> it's changed. It changed the whole game. I also think that there's there's. What also attracted to me a little bit later on, what I've noticed was it was physically and mentally better for me because I actually got into, because every day was fine. There was something completely different. Yeah. And it, it was an expenditure of energy that was different. Like trying to fuck each other up was fun. It's, it's manly. It's, I don't know how to say it. It was, it was good for, let's say like this, it was good for the testosterone in a way, you know, yeah. to, to get into that, those situations. I think it's, I think every man should grapple. There is like boxing is fun and, and, and all of that, but you get hit a lot. It's different. It's different kind of fighting. I think getting hit in the face, getting kicked and stuff like that. It's good. There's something about grappling that just maybe, maybe because it's, 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 it's by this point, it should be in our DNA because every single culture has something in grappling. But I think it's, it's, uh, I agree with you in boxing and everything kind of like, you know, somebody, like, I don't know, I'm not saying every real man should take boxing six months or something, but it's fun to have that, you know, against, the, you know, uh, somebody that doesn't know boxing, you can have like a, this matrix, matrix stuff, you understand mm -hmm. if you really train boxing for six months or a year. But uh, I think somebody said it, I think it's a quote, and it's not my thought, uh, is uh, wrestling is one of the, you know, safest ways to, to set an argument that nobody gets injured, you know? So to speak, you don't have to, you know, you can clearly hit each other, somebody in a head forward to the you know, asphalt or something. But basically, it's a, it's a not harming way to settle a physical conflict that will leave somebody winning, somebody losing, but doesn't injure them so much. That they, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful way of seeing it, too. Yeah, so it was like, an argument, now you just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a physical confrontation. That, let's wrestle. Let's, that's, you know, yeah. let's do it. Let's solve this. Yeah, because uh, you know, that's what, you know, when villages or whatever, you know, I'm speculating right now because I don't know those histories. But, you know, somebody had the argument, it doesn't make sense to hurt anybody or kill anybody. You know, the village loses as a, as a protected, you know, protective shell. But you have some arguments and then you do, and, you know, one guy is better than others, and, but nobody has to get injured and, you know, the... The working arms or protective arms has, you know, now, now we have less efficiency, you know. People still need to work and do stuff. And if you injure here, injure somebody else, I think it's burden for a community more to have that kind of stuff. But if you have wrestled, you know, that's in some way, it's not real, you know. And, ah, punching would be way harder, even, you know, the winner would be even more respected. But I think that the trade-off is worse because then you have more injuries and all those things. And uh, I think it's a fine, kind of weird trade-off that I get to win a physical confrontation, but nobody also gets injured. So we can still, you know, live on. Also, with, you see those things in, uh, with those, you know, those, let's say, dragon lizards. They wrestle each other. And yeah. really have to go behind and then somebody's lost. And they don't even use their claws. You know, you can watch that in some nature channel. 
they don't use their claws that they could actually use, and they don't bite. They could, they could bite each other, claw each other, but they won't. They just wrestle, and if I beat you, go behind, whatever I do, then I win and you go away. Yeah. So even those deadlier kind of lizards, they don't hurt each other. No, because it's not, it's, it's not, it's senseless. It's it's and it's like, it, 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 there's something, yeah, there's definitely something. You see it in every single culture. Every single culture has some kind of wrestling, some kind of takedown, some kind of, of, of bringing, yeah. some kind of the, the wrestling move. It's important, man. It's amazing. So, now. <laughs> Let's go. I will also tell you, I, I don't want to rush you, but I will have time only till uh, 4.15. Oh, now we have enough time. Yeah, because if we don't end this today, I'll call you. Tonight. Yeah, we have we have one and a half an hour, so don't worry. <laughs> oh my God, there's people. Let me see. I have questions here. Can I can I ask you the question? Shoot. Shoot. Uh, why is Will from Iceland your favorite student? <laughs> Uh, is the question? Is the did the, did Will ask that question? I cannot say. <laughs> I agreed with everybody that I I, 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 I think, name. I will I thank everybody like, that in the question, but <laughs> I think it sounds like Will himself asked that question. But uh, let's say, you know, it's I'm always conflicted. Do I have to answer with a joke or do I tell Will really like Will? Stop it! You're not. Uh, but. Uh, Will is a fun guy. Will is a fun guy. Uh, in many ways, we're, I'm not saying he's, first of all, he's my favorite student. Yeah, but uh, Will is a fun guy. He's very young. I think he's 21 or 22. So I'm, I'm 43. Yeah. yeah. So, and uh, in many ways, we're similar. Uh, he's also, he can, he can be serious, you know. His shit is quite good. Uh, and he can be serious, but he can be also goofball. Yeah, so he can say something really silly and then laugh from the heart. Uh, so I really, really enjoy kind of like let's say working with him because he uh, we were together first first uh, time in a camp. I was in I think Caribbean camp many years ago, and then after that he kind of you know approached me in a way that that Creed can, can you be you know I don't know one of my mentors or something. Yeah. So, and uh, I was like, well, why not? You know, I don't know how it works out and what I do. But uh, when we meet in Iceland camps, in club turtles and stuff, and then we have a chat and then we roll a bit. So he has his own ro ro road and I have my own thing and then we communicate and he clearly likes what I do and the defensive side of things and uh, maybe the, the way I coach and I can teach him in that way. Um, I don't like mentorism as absolute that only I follow that guy. I think uh, I cannot give it all. So I'm clearly not developing, you know, attacks and everything else. I kind of, I think in a way I can, I want in a way I am because I'm developing defenses and that helps to people understand attacks also more. So in a way, uh, they clearly, if they, if, if he attacks me and stuff, then you know, if I armbar, if I escape the armbar, he knows more, more than about armbars also because I can help him fix stuff also when, it's a, when he's attacking. But uh, overall, yeah, Bill, you're not my favorite student. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I even have one, but uh, I clearly enjoy his company and I clearly enjoy and I really, uh, I'm humbled or whatever I can say. I don't say those things, I think, often enough or I don't want to say them often enough. 
that it was I it really was uh, you know humbled or kind of that he asked me this that kind of you know that he he saw I was something invaluable valuable that he wanted my help and so I always appreciate that when people people see that and uh, then it makes my my kind of you know gives me purpose also that I, I'm actually doing something important and it's getting noticed. And uh, clearly, you're not going to ask somebody to mentor you if you just don't like what they do, you know. But Will, Will would, would be that guy that he would just go like a really bad joke. I don't like you at all and your techniques. I'm going to make a good joke. I'm going to still ask you to be my mentor. <laughs> so I think, I think that would be a Will's way to make a really good joke. Oh, God. Oh, by the way, the whole Globe Charters thing in the IBGGF, that was some bullshit. I honestly, yes. I was, I, I mean, uh, I used to like the IBGF, but the more time passes and the more other competitions bring up and appear, the more I start to have, the, the Brazilian word for it is hansu, and that means like the, I want to throw up. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's getting, it's getting weird. It's getting weird. I mean, the, the prices of it are getting too high. People are getting too weird. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I want to join it anymore, be part of it. Because that used to be the only thing I did. Like, IBGF top, that's what I'm going to do. It's the only thing I'm competing. I think, I think they're pushing the limits and it's us as clients because they can't do shit if the clients will leave. I know they're creating a value and there's like a you know, good competition and... Uh, like uh, if you win something, it actually means because the competition is high. Uh, but but I think there's enough competition around, you know, different organizations doing stuff. And uh, in a way, in some point, I don't think the point is yet there for most people. But I think sometimes comes the point when uh, most people, critical mass, will have enough. They will do something that go, okay, uh, now I can't support this. Yeah, um, and uh, right now they're still like, okay, they're not doing the right thing, but I still like to compete there because there's a trade-off for people. So, but we'll see what they do. Maybe, maybe they they fix it. Maybe they just do whatever they do, or maybe they mess up. So people have that's what usually things start. You know, you you make something bad, and then you go, okay, I cannot support this behavior. You know, and so <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, I get it. Yeah, I don't think that. You should be like, oh, I wait for I just have to fuck up. I'm not gonna be say that, but clearly there's no democracy in there, and clearly we could do better, and clearly they're they're not as efficient or or forward thinking that they could be, because uh, the rules and everything else and how it's things are done and uh, the refereeing problems and all those things. Uh, okay. I think there's I but uh, you know. Maybe compared to what they do is a small thing, but it's still, you know, constructive criticism, criticizing them is not a bad thing. So, so they have their issues, you know, so. And, and seeing it from the point when I was there, it's, it's, they, they have this iron grip on Brazil because let's say like this, and most of the dudes that train jiu-jitsu, they're not rich. They want to do this to get out of Brazil in a way, you know, and. What is IBJJF so, or CBJJ there? CBJJ uh, is your ticket out. It's your ticket to America. It's your ticket out to the United States. So you know they 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 won't talk bad about it, and they have this iron grip on Brazil. And then they're sending it out all over the world, you know. And it's 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 your way out. It's your way to travel. It's the way for you to leave a poor situation and go into yeah. 
a better one, and I get it. Uh, which brings me to the next one, ADCP. Yes. And I don't know who said this. Are you are you, are you into competing still, or uh, not really? I'm yeah. old and I'm fat. <laughs> that's a, really, guys, if you got that, that's the answer. <laughs> would you would you want to compete in ADCC? Uh, why, yeah, why not? Uh, I've not, never said never because it's just about, you know, getting in shape and, but I find I'm more that my excuse is, I know it's excuse. My excuse is that I'm, I do my research and I'm, I'm, you know, active on my site and I travel in the world doing seminars. So I clearly, my life is not set up the way that, that it allows me to compete in certain level. And I respect the competition um, a lot, so I would not go there unprepared. You know? Oh, I, I have a problem. I you. Yeah, Ragi Magiras Bolon. Yeah, so I respect it. And uh, my excuse is I'm luckily involved with my research, so I don't have to uh, compete. And also people say, but pre-competing would be the best proof that your things work. I would say uh, that argument is flawed. Uh, and uh, I would say, you know, like, I'm not comparing myself to Danaher, you know, so just take it with a grant of salt, whatever. But he's not also doing his stuff, yeah? He has people doing his stuff. So, uh, because certain, there are certain limitations. He has his injuries and stuff, clearly. Uh, but, uh, so I'm, I'm more involved in my research, doing stuff in a gym, rolling around with people, testing it in camps against black belts and stuff if I have to. So I know what I can do. I know what it is. Yes, I haven't tested it against the world-class level athletes. Yeah, I know it's a different beast, but I'm accepting that trade-off. And then maybe building up... Uh, next generation of people that actually can do this in a young age already and can test it because uh, there's argument that ultimate test would be this but also the argument would be that it's not actually necessary to test it we have to go to a certain level to understand yeah and then if it works against average black belts and all those kind of fights you know and then if people get tired then it stops working so that's not argument because people got tired so i understand why people want to do it because oh Preet, why are you not doing it but that's not the ultimate proof. The ultimate proof, can everybody else replicate what I do? Can they do it? And that's how scientific method works. It's not me. Actually, better, better thing for it to work is can others replicate my results? So this is the scientific method. Yeah, like, uh, you know, somebody does an experiment. Oh, it worked for me. Can you do the same in your lab? Then we have two examples of these this things working like this, you know, like a, as, a, as a scientific some breakthrough. So actually, uh, the, the stuff I get from outside me, people trying things, the evidence seems to be like, you know, favoring that we're doing the right thing anyway. Yeah. So, it, so yeah. It, it definitely, what I've already tried from the camp, feels like it works. And uh, I'm not going to say which competition I'm going to go to, but I'm going to go soon to a very competition. And I'm basically only going to try that. <laughs> Let's see how many people I can get. Very angry. I have, I have, let's get through the questions because I know that we have go, go, go. a bit of time. Go, go. Uh, um, let me see this. Uh, where's the other one? Where's the other one? Does it work in MMA? I got that question three times. Would you use it in an MMA scenario? Uh, 
So, um, um, good question. Uh, only evidence, because clearly I don't fight in MMA, yeah? Uh, um, what we have. Uh, the evidence we have is um, Robert Whittaker, uh, Jacare. Uh, let's say Jacare couldn't take his you know, back and everything. Jacare, uh, Robert Whittaker uses turtle in, uh, in actually MMA fights a lot. There's uh, eight minutes of turtle breakdown that Sony Brown martial arts did. Yes. when they actually mentioned me as a turtle guy. So uh, turtle um, is definitely the way I teach. I teach day one, you know, passive, then we build up the activity and blah, blah, blah. So I'm not saying that you have to be in a fight that passive. And uh, turtle, the way turtle could work, one of the examples we have is Whitaker doing it in a fight. So check that out. And also one way to see what we can do is what Robbie Lauder did against Colby Covington. I recommend everybody check out that first round. He lost. And that's usually people's argument to, to dismiss the evidence. But uh, how, how was uh, Robbie Lawler able to survive against Colby? He was sitting a little bit against the wall, you know, and protecting a little bit, uh, not even much his head. He did pandas in that fight and all those things. And so I, my argument is we little bit have that, you know, glimpse of evidence what we all could do my argument is also that colby and robbie Lawler, uh, that piece was already enough evidence that if colby couldn't punch him and you know punch him in the face very really strong that was that's already a good evidence because colby colby is the guy that you know likes to do that doesn't hold himself back and so that was a good test uh, and i don't know how robbie knows that and clearly, it's not in that level in mainstream that more, you know, more people would study it and do it. It's still, I'm not saying it's a fringe, but it's still, you know, if you watch well, Hawkins and Baby Riches and all those things, uh, I would like to think we are changing certain foundation of the escapes and it will not happen fast. And uh, the mainstream is not, uh, not yet all aware what's I would like to say egoistically what's coming, but we're slowly going. In you know, I'm I'm always afraid, so to speak, and that's why I like to go slow, and not go with the hype and all those things. That maybe I'm wrong, but uh, slowly the train moves, you know. And I will get the feedback. I will adjust. And so far, I don't know. You know, I'm let's say I'm right, and we we have we I have something to say. We can change certain things. And we'll see when they trickle down the mainstream, because clearly we need certain critical mass. And then from the mainstream, when those trickle down to MMA, you know. And uh, but there's evidence how it how it can how it would work. And I would recommend uh, those listeners to watch those matches. Perfect. I also have a bunch of questions here that are technical questions, and I'm going to skip them. But I no, am uh, give, I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to give them to you. But there's a, like a couple of them that I. I think it's... Uh, Ask me, uh, give me an example. What's the technical question? Uh, first thing, I have to tell you this because it's really nice, uh, from, uh, from a guy on Instagram. I just want to say thanks to him for making my life easier, by the way. Uh, <laughs> can he explain, please, why he doesn't clap? I don't know what that part is. <laughs> uh, clapping in a class. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is... Um, I'm going to do it briefly. Uh, I don't know how polite it is to guide people towards next podcast that comes out. 
but I extensively <laughs> talked about the clapping. You know, like one, two, three, come, yeah. no clap. I, I, I don't like it. And uh, there's a really big philosophical idea behind that. And we actually talked uh, with Sonny Brown. He has a good podcast, Australian guy, uh, Sonny Brown Martial Arts. And I think the podcast will come out in now, tomorrow, today, something very, very close to this date. And he has an uh, amazing podcast, by the way. Yeah, you guys yeah he's a very good, really good guy. And then we extensively talked about uh, clapping and why, what, why, why I say why I don't like it. And uh, clearly I do myself like, okay, I explain, then I clap and go. But why this one, two, three, boom, or one, two, boom? Why this is bad? And we, we talked about it, uh, I think, over at least half an hour or more, I think, in the podcast. So uh, to that listener, I would say, look for, today we don't have just time for that. You know, it's a bigger argument. We have to answer those questions. And if you would uh, like, sometimes, you know, we could do a spin-off from this podcast. Oh, I'd love to. If, oh, if some things, more. yeah, if <laughs> some things uh, are not solved, that I would love to come back and we can elaborate some, you know, very narrow topic and go deeper. Yeah. But at the moment, I would say, look for that podcast, uh, Sonny Brown, and you will get some answer. Right. Then there is one of the technical questions you asked me to say, and I'll try this. Um, so this person says, I try to turtle. The thought that you can just stand up changed my life. But motherfuckers can still lift me up. <laughs> Why? Uh, those are good questions because usually then I will say I would need to see a video. Uh, because uh, uh, it's, you know, lifting somebody up needs uh, creating space between them, you know. You kind of grip, you stand up and kind of drag them up with you, you know. It's kind of hard to lift them up when they're very close to you. You need sort of slack happening. And then my answer is like, if they stand up, why you're not attacking their legs, why you're sitting there, if they're moving around you. So sometimes the, the obvious or answer would be people are there, you know, sitting ducks and top guy is not giving pressure, you know, and then, then they don't recognize the pressure is off and they still sit there and top guy is doing something else already. Because picking up how, like if they get a body lock, that means already, you know, they, they, you give up the elbow space. They lock their arms. So, and if you really would stand up, I would probably hook one of your legs, you know, that go, go to your legs. And that makes you trip a bit. You let go one arm. So it could be defensive reaction from there. But the easiest would be like, show me, show me a picture, show me a video. And uh, I'm, I try to answer. And also to all listeners is, is I'm sorry if I don't answer you right away and if I forget and I, I, I don't mind if you remind me of things after a week or so. Remember I asked you a question? Because God damn, I get so many messages these days. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, so just I, I let people know that. You can really go like, okay, if I don't answer you, I like, knock, knock, treat. Remember me? I answered question, please. So I would try. But uh, that's why also I like the site, the Defensive BJ. Because maybe I'm more active there and uh, everybody goes there and I can answer some questions because right now they're just sometimes are getting bombarded and then I, I, I forget to answer and it just takes so much time to answer them. And so I don't mind if you were, you know, people will knock, knock. So let's go. Let's move on. <laughs> there is, uh, so let's tell everybody that they should go to the defensive website so that they 
I think you can build a, you, you, you already said you went to build a sort of forum over there, right? Maybe there's a question and answer site place. There, there is a forum. Uh, there is a, where you can load competition and the sparring footage, uh, the community, uh, hopefully the idea is that community will comment and also me. Uh, so, because clearly if somebody wants an hour of my time, that's why we have privates and stuff. But uh, to give good, quick comments, people will comment to, because I would like that. The, clearly, the community there's more people that are competent than me enough that they can answer questions, and uh, so why not? So it's not only me. So that would be our idea that to build community and people can you know get their roles narrated or or you know uh, questions answered by other people that already are you know by me or by themselves already if they've been with me like uh on you know roll with me and do my you know my system they know how to how to answer them you know awesome awesome i think it's beautiful let me see i have uh, not i have one question but i think we can leave it for the spin-off because this is going pretty deep cool. um i have noticed preet mentions the approach to jiu-jitsu can be philosophical can he elaborate what is his philosophy on jiu-jitsu and training in general? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's a whole fucking book. <laughs> because it's a, it's a so general, general question. I know. Because philosophy can be basically anything. Yes. Um, I think we, 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 have, we need another date for this one. Let's say, no, no. Oh. But, but, so th this is, uh, you know, if you would like to have me on in some point, you can, you know, you can save that question. We can talk about it. And then because uh, that person also who asked that question uh, can go maybe back and send you another one and say what I actually meant. And maybe it's more narrow because it's a very general question. And because if, he, if it's very general, maybe I will not give them the answer about the section of the jiu-jitsu that they expect. Maybe I go lab or some other section I, I, I think is a philosophy jiu-jitsu, you know? So they can, they can specify their question, but I think it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a fun to go that because it's going to flow everywhere. But I guess in a, in a way you can also say, you know, not lose. It's, I like the saying that kind of fits the way that I teach jiu-jitsu in that sense. And also what, uh, what one of the clock turtles, Alex, uh, it's a, a data analyst, very intense guy. I like him. Uh, he said, uh, why my things appeal, why my ideas are appealing to people and why they're using them? Because people will rather not lose than win. Because winning is harder, you know, and you have to learn how to win. Winning is actually hard to do, you know. It's uh, you can read. I'm, I'm not saying I, I have read tons of books about it, but you can read about it. But uh, uh, winning is, is a winning is, is a mindset. Yeah. Winning is a sometimes it's a, like a mindset change that you, if you're not used to win winning, you're not you're not even don't believe even you can win. It does uh, sound it does sound like something. Uh, uh, it, it happened to me too. At some points in you know, let's let's give the comparison within competition in jiu-jitsu. So it I just give up. Just wanted to win because losing was easier. Because going with the mindset of winning was. So yeah, for, most, for most people, like a good mindset for, let's say, for recreational people and the, the people I talk to is 
they like it because not losing is easier than winning. And uh, I'm not going to say never that, you know, that if you do what I do and somebody is really annoyed with you, and then after that role, you go like, yes, that's a win. I think you can say it in your head and you know, say it in, your, in the right context that, yes, you did something. It was hard. You survived. But the point of the game is to learn how to attack back. You know, that's the, that's the essence. But I, my job, I find, is to give people that ability to survive so they can play the game and bit by bit start to attack back because the winning is what I want you to get to. But without survival and, you know, knowing how to lose and uh, fixing your mistakes, you, it's hard to get there. So, so, uh, so I'm building that foundation so they could, you know, not get tapped five minutes left and right, but just they could survive and be in a game, be less injured, and finally learn to fight back. So because, uh, of course, somebody can take it, you know, totally, we call it left, so to speak, not a political reference, to, to take it to the left that, that uh, oh, I only do this, and if I don't uh, lose, then I win the fight, you know. I guess in one, some way, you know, is it, I can understand there, but it's, uh, you know, it's not nice to say. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, but also that I usually say to people is this way of you survival skills and able to shut things down. This is the way you even out the fights, because if somebody's super aggressive, and if you're lower level and you wanna attack the same aggressiveness, you're gonna lose because they're better. So if they're more aggressive and dangerous, you can. I lost you for a moment, please. So if they want to play, and I, I saw you. Oh, you're back. Okay, I don't know what happened and what's the point. What? What? what when did you lose me? Uh, uh, so anyway, so the 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 defensive side of things will help people to even out fights because if somebody is super aggressive, you can shut down more. And you know, and if they want to play with you because they're better, and you can go like, if you're better, I shut down more, so you can't play with me. Because it's not competition, but if you want to play with me, be less aggressive or I shut down. So that's also a good equalizer for people that if somebody that's better wants to roll with somebody that's less skilled, then they can't bully them because they, then they refuse to, they go to their trenches and you just, you, you don't enjoy rolling with them so much. So, and I say like, okay, tell them that they should lose their aggressiveness and it, we should just play. And then they, got, they, they come out of their shell because you calm down more. So I think it's a fun equalizer and there are many benefits. But in no way I'm saying that, you know, that's the end goal or stuff. But end goal is still to learn to win. That's amazing. Now, that, I didn't see it like that. I saw it like a, a beautiful defensive way to, to set traps. That's how I was seeing it. But I didn't, I didn't see everything yet that you made. But... I was going into the position, if somebody's very supposed to cool, I'm going to set my traps, retreat. But that's the stuff you can do because if you're very well, you can, you can box with chin forward, you know? Yeah. Because you can, you can open stuff up. And so if you have that defensive freedom, but that's, an, that's another stage. Uh, if you do this, then you, yes, you can, you can play more open in the bottom and even in bad positions, build traps. But that's already different interpretation of that stuff because this is not you. This is nothing you will teach to beginners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is uh, this is something you do yourself because you know the risks 
And then what I always say, if you, will, if you understand what I'm teaching and if you get it, then you have to break all the rules after that and uh, make it your own, make it work because clearly you know what I'm teaching. You're past that. So now go figure out, break all the rules, do whatever you want. Perfect. Oh, that's amazing. Preet, our time, also for me, is going out, is ending. <laughs> right now? No, it's, we, we, have a, we, have a couple, we have a couple more minutes. Oh. And then, and then, because you said what time? Four o'clock? Uh, four o'clock, uh, if, if we finish four o'clock, it would be awesome. Oh, no, I completely misunderstood. I thought you said 14. What do you mean 14? I thought I said two o'clock because now it's what time is it? No, there? we we start at two o'clock. Two o'clock. It was, it was I, two o'clock my time. So <laughs> it's, it's. I knew uh, there was something wrong. So it's, it's three o'clock now. Yeah. So it's I, I'm okay with like if we do it four o'clock to uh, Estonian time. So we have forty minutes. Oh. You, oh. You have time. Oh. oh, we have shit tons of time. Okay, we, then it's, yeah, the, the four kind of, four, four, ten, something we have, like, already, or almost, let's say, even 50 minutes. All right. Now, I'm not going to take that much time from you, I believe. Go, go, go. Let's go. Let's go, let's go. Um, when was the last time you tapped in sparring? <laughs> uh, people, people have in, these questions. Uh, these white in, in, uh, I remember it. Because it was that blonde kid, 15-year-old blonde kid in Rose Gym. Oh. And um, so I stood up and he had a good grip. And, uh, you know, I can say I played with him because clearly I know what I can do. But uh, the way I'm pushing the envelope already, so I, I, played, I play way more differently because I, I want to find out more. And this is the way also I tap and find out. So... Props to the props to that fifteen-year-old uh, beginner that thinks he's a beginner and clearly is not. And so that was, I think, the last time we rolled. Uh, I, I, ro I rolled, I think, competitively enough. And uh, that's the last time, last thing I remember. I think. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. I tapped yesterday about three, four times. Stupidly. Yeah. <laughs> I have to train more. That's my problem. Oh God! I think we went through most of the questions. Rose already. Rose says hi because there's a lot of questions. I had a, a lot of questions, but a lot of like I had five questions going like uh, uh, I had five questions going like Does it work in MMA? Does it work in the streets? Would you go defensive in the street situation? So like, the um, argument the argument is super weird. So all those questions are are showing that. I'm, I'm misunderstood, yeah? So what I'm saying is, uh, but, but, uh, that's fun that people, uh, people just, that people don't get it, you know? Yeah. So uh, the point that's is... That's why we're doing this. We try to make it people understand yeah, it a little bit. I understand. Bit. So uh, this is what I'm doing. I'm not going to say that this is what you should choose. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why I do that, because like I said, it's underfunded understudied and the information about the escapes can be way uh, way more technical as technical as open guard development as guard passing development you know because the, clearly the grips changes all the technicalities and stuff and what comes to escapes they're well less uh, developed 
Yeah, we don't develop them that much compared to how much we study leg locks and guards and guard passes, yeah? So, or when somebody has their back and how to attack from back. So usually you don't see reverse defensive studies. If somebody is my back, how do I undo everything he does? So you don't have those kind of instructionals out, you know? And uh, you, if they are, they, they're just, the technical level is totally different. And so that is my argument. I'm not going to say in a street fight, pull turtle in a street fight, I'm saying, think about this, uh, like in MMA, uh, you, you would box way ferociously if you know you have a takedown defense. So without the ability to have a takedown defense, ability to stay on your feet and knowing that even a good wrestler has a hard time taking you down, you're not going to punch hard. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's like you want to have that on your back pocket, the defense, but you also want to never use it. So the argument will be, why do I need it? Exactly. That is a philosophical dichotomy. You need it to not use it. And if you ever use it, you better have it in a very high level. Yeah. So that's why you have to train it. You, you definitely need to, 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 you know, you expose yourself and people see more attacks and you use way more attacks. So defense is kind of like a spear, end of the spear that you rather not use but you have to train it in a higher level than if you do use it, that you have to find the quickest right answer the fastest. But to find the quickest answer the fastest, you would have to have a very big experience pool. So that's the really weird dichotomy that people don't, don't get it, that why do I have to spend so much on time? Because quickest, quick decision to escape requires so much experience, you, you don't even realize. Yeah, because if the, somebody is passing and they're, and they're really good and you haven't trained your escapes, what is the likelihood of you picking the in a quickest spot, picking the right answer because you haven't trained it at all? You will do the lousiest answer. So the, what's the trouble with people is they don't want to spend, they don't think that it's worth spending their time on this because why not just make guard better? If that would be true, we wouldn't see guard passes. We wouldn't see back takes, yeah? Clearly, that's a wonderful idea that, oh, I just make my guard better and my problems are solved. I don't have to escape any time. If that would be true, then we do an experiment. We watch life. Yeah, we watch life and we go like, okay, but life works differently. We see back takes, we see guard passes. Yeah, in a highest level of competition, then we better prepare for that life. So that's why experiment always has to correlate with the reality. Not that we see in life back takes and everything happen, and but we don't train the back. Uh, we don't train escapes because we're making our guard good. You understand? There's a cognitive dissonance there. It, it makes it makes also sense. The moment you, we, the more I watched the training and the more I tried the whole stuff, it made sense to me. Of course, in a way, the the movements in themselves weren't new to me. What was new to me was the approach about thinking about them, seeing them, doing them for once, you know, and having an actual, uh, everything divided and shown in a beautiful and nice way. Also, I, it, it's a little bit weird because I, I, I usually we fought our asses off not to get anybody into that passing position. When it was done, once they passed, we didn't have the escapes, how do I say this, that you're showing in this way right now. This, I know. Like this, this, 
it, we, we knew what we should do. We knew after making a million mistakes that don't roll that way if he's doing this or don't show this part of your back if, you're, if he's doing that and still get caught. But now this time it's actually, you know, it, 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 it's shown in a way that I'm going to like, oh, I, I already did this, but I never thought about it in a, you know, in a, in a progressive form, like break it down into what he's doing to me. So if he's, if he's doing all that, how do I break things down so that it doesn't work? How do I so, so that's, that's the point that I don't think it's going backwards. Like people feel, oh, but I don't want to train escapes and I don't see value in them. And, and I guess it's also a failure in my part to, to make a logical argument. But sometimes, sometimes I actually find that logical arguments are for people, they don't sound so logical. They, they just have, I don't, I don't like it. The last argument that most people have is just, I don't like it. And then it's like, dude, it's like, you're not invited to the adult table anymore after this, you know? You just weed yourself out because you just yeah. clearly, there's evidence that you have to consider and you go like, no, I don't like it. <laughs> and uh, then usually I stop, I stop conversation because there's no point. So, so but that's what I, why I do this because, uh, so whatever we talked, uh, what, was the, what, was the, what was the talk right now? What was the question? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was going into. We made a question uh, about when was the last time it just happened. We went all all over this. Would it work in the street? Remember? And yeah. Okay. And then we stopped that. And then I got I got into the the point of view that like for me it was finally put in a way yeah. that it had like a a sequence to why I should uh, and I I learned the the word the hardest way you might say a very good way to to escape stuff and that is by making all the mistakes I could I got tapped 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 up tapped and then eventually I was like maybe I shouldn't roll that way maybe I shouldn't give my back so, that way so what I oh, when I came back so people usually think that you know, I promote this way of rolling and it's a really silly thing to actually witness that people say, but would you do it MMA also? Or would you do it in the street? It's like, of course not. This is, this is the one area of Jiu-Jitsu I'm studying. Yeah. yeah. And if you need escapes, I'm, I, I hope you turn to that information and when you ever need that, but I hope you never do because your guard is so awesome. But when you, when you see the evidence real life, you will see back takes happen. So, why not study them? Why? Because clearly the back taker is studying the back takes way more than you're studying the escapes because they're doing all the back takes drills and stuff. But you, we could do a counter study. We could be equal actually there. Yeah. So we both have equal amount of chances. I, I you know, philosophically, I think so. So, and then, then that, that's what I have hard time. The message getting through to people that why would you do it? Would you not want to feel like a king? In that sense, like I'm not referring to Gordon Ryan in a way, but you just feel like a top of the world when somebody gets to it. You're super calm as you were in a guard. Would you not want that, you know? And uh, then you know that you're not in trouble. I've trained this. I'm confident and everything else. And then you do your stuff. You escape or whatever. So, but what I see usually it's a it's a clear level change after somebody gets past guard, even in highest level. You see this. They train them go to turtle and you see clearly a level change like they're, they're different beasts maybe because it's still because of the point system if, if we uh, remove yeah, if, but, 
if I remove point system and I would go into competition and I remove the whole point system idea, I would definitely, I would definitely change my game. So I, I would think like this, if I were not fighting in anything where like passing and stuff like that gave points, I'd probably fight completely defensively. I'd fight on, on a basis of, okay, let's see whose cardio dies first. Because yeah, so rule, rules make fights, but but that doesn't mean that uh, I don't I don't find that people have good arguments to why not your escape should not be the highest level they can be. So there's no argument against it, but just I find people don't like to train them because they feel they're 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 getting they're spending their time more valuable by getting their you know guard better because the res resource resource as a time is limited yeah so why they're spending like a half time that they want to get in good escapes they could be just good in guard you know so i find that argument that people have to really digest within them and also i would say i think if information could be better in those defensive areas because i think it's we we can have better and way more studied sorry studied answers with postures and stuff then we don't have to maybe do a 50-50. Maybe it's 30 and two-thirds, you know? And maybe it's something like the one-third and two-thirds. Two-thirds you do your attacks and stuff, develop your areas, and one-third you play escapes. But if the information is not... I'd say even more. I'd yeah, say but no, let's do, say, do but do if, a, if the information is even broken and if it's not that the best information available, that third is not enough. You need way more. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like, let's fix, let's... Uh, Let's, you know, not give people cross face underhooks and not, let's not stop, you know, flat on their backs. There is a side prevention system there. That's part of a little bit like a guard retention system, but you can treat it like a side control retention because there's a different side control also without the grips. And then there's side control with, you know, underhooks and cross face grips. It's like the same in turtle, you know, turtle, not every turtle is a seat belt. It's just you're in turtle and then you play. But the turtle doesn't have to come always with a seatbelt turtle, you know? So there is a, that kind of open side stuff also. That, and then things get worse, you know? And then it depends on you if they get it or you give it away or you can also avoid it. So there's more, in, there's more to it. And definitely defensive part, uh, maybe this is my attempt also to get more people interested in this. Because it's, it's, it's fun to study if you get to a certain level because it is a little bit, I don't know, a little bit harder, more harsh route to take. Yeah. And uh, if you get really, if you have to get good at this, you will, you will march forward. But to start with this, it, it looks like a road with a lot of misery, you know? It, 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 it started to dawn on me how, uh, how the high level guys, and we're talking about the ones we see in competition and everything like that, how they are just escape artists and how you are putting this into, like, do you remember first time Roger against Bushesha? I think, I only remember, I only remember nicely the Metamoris fight, but I don't know the, what you, maybe you're talking about. Yeah, Roger Gracie versus uh, Marcus Bushesha. Yeah, when was it? It's a, is, is, it, is it the Metamoris or? It, there was two of them. So the second one, Roger won. The first one they said was a tie, but the escape he does, from an armbar and a leg lock in there, Roger does, is, it's, oh, it hurts my soul. I mean, I was like, oh my God, please tap eventually. But he didn't. He turned out of it like a hero. Because this is the escape I teach. 
It's, I it's, can I, I can I teach that white belt. And I was like the the escape that Gordon Ryan did against Craig Jones that took a while. There I was like everybody was like, how did he not tap to that? And, and these are things that if you if you go deep into it and you watch the fights, you see these guys are master escape artists. They are like. But I, I agree because the fun part is uh, there's so many guys that are good in escapes, but uh, you know now it's it's a uh, over it's in the relation uh, generalization and you know. But I would say it's hard for those guys to pass on their knowledge of escaping because. I, I think many times it's not systemized. It's not taught like a. It's it's not easy to pass on as as a group. I think maybe if you have a lot of one on one and everything else, you work with somebody, then you can fix them. But to, uh, there are always the challenge and the, and um, I think it's a level of something understanding is can you teach it to the group, and uh, so the group will understand. Not like. Not like one person from the group that can do it, but most of the groups can do it, and maybe one can't, you know? So can this escaping thing that people know, good guys, that's why, that's why I get inspired by them because they pull, them, they pull those things off. And then I'm always left like, like, like this, that why we're not studying what they did, you know? Uh, and go like, because people maybe sometimes study moves. Oh, he did that move. Oh, some YouTube breakdowns, that move. But that's not the most important thing because moves will not help you. But how, what system is this move apart? How, let, let's say, if I do my arm bars, it's like the escaping is the easiest. The body positioning and all those things are the most important. And then you can add different escapes to that system. And if I see a new escape, then it's like, oh, that far away fits to my body positioning and I can pull it off because I have that foundation. It's like, if you have a boxing movement, you know, that you can move left and right and shuffle and sidestep and everything else. To teach you any combination of punches you will see some boxer do, it's super easy because you have already that delivery system. But imagine that you only can go forward and somebody shows you a sidestep in a boxing. You go like, that move doesn't fit my system. But then your system is wrong because, uh, because if we see that sidestep working continuously in a fight, that means that your system doesn't allow this sidestep to happen. Then you have to admit that your system is too narrow and will not and not as fundamental as you thought. It's nothing wrong with being a narrow system, but then you have to go. There's something more fundamental under that narrow system that includes maybe that movement. Yeah. So my thing is actually what I'm fascinated about is found, find them the most fundamental game. We call them uh, zero points. Uh, trenches, you know, like a, like in a war, then let's say armbar also, that I can take any uh, escape and I can add it to the system and the foundation is not changed. If I can do that and if I find a new escape that doesn't fit into the system and we see the escape works and my zero points and stuff, they cannot explain it, the, the existence of that escape, then my system is limited. We have to change the system so that would accompany uh, that 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 system would include that escape that we have felt we feel that works in a high you know enough good level. So this is what the way I think about jujitsu, and also this is the way I think about let's say side control escapes. Let's say you know that weird side control escape when you're in side control, somebody's on their knees, and you reach with a hook behind and grab their you know shin bone. Yes, with a hook. Yeah. 
So this is super hard to do when you're flat. Yeah, because you, you would need a crazy inward rotation from the hip, hip, hip joint. So that shows that escaping this position this way cannot be the first thing you teach the people. Because the most fundamental escaping system should include you know, more things. Because this cross-face underhook and your flat is already a very specific, narrow system that also is escapable, but it's already too narrow. There's a more broader side control position that allows different kind of inverts, those hooks that I talk about. And then let's say, if, you, if you're teaching, teaching jiu-jitsu like this with frames, and this is your system of escapes, and then you see that hook, you know, and then you go like, but that hook doesn't fit my system. And this is why also people don't teach that hook because it doesn't fit their understanding of escapes because it seems like, oh, this is a goofy move that flexible people do. Mm -hmm. They don't understand their understanding of the system is limited. And uh, they go like, okay, people before me did this, 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 and I don't challenge that. I'm saying if you that hook, system, hook, hook doesn't fit that system, the system is wrong as a, as it's too narrow, we have to have some fundamental, more underlying system that will explain, yeah, that, is, that explain that existence of that escape. So, because it's, if it's clearly functional, people should do it more. Not everybody, but it should be in a game, you know? So, I'm, I'm after those systems that are underlines everything. And so, all things can happen. And then you can specialize of, okay, we have this grip, more narrow, you know, system. This script, more narrow things. But what's the broad one? So this is the way I think about jiu-jitsu. The way it encapsulates in everything. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so, because I, I, I want you to understand, because other way, not you, but the people, the other way, you live inside somebody's bubble. Because imagine that, that I don't know anything but this. Oh, I've I, lived for years in that bubble. And I limit, I, then the cultures are limiting people's expressions. It was, because, a, yeah. it, it was a thing that traveling did help. Traveling around did help because coming around to, to meeting people and seeing these new ideas did help a lot in, in the case of, of opening my mind and, and seeing that there is, there is a lack of some stuff. And, and this, this thing of you going like, let's go into a fundamental that is more fundamental, more encapsulating in everything is is what we needed, is what we needed, I think, I think, I think. But I do love it. I do love the work you're doing. I think it's, uh, you know, I'm, that's why I'm always afraid as a coach that if my bubble is the like, smallest, then people cannot find out what they can find out about themselves because I limit my expression of jiu-jitsu will limit their, their findings, you know? Mm. That, that, uh, so I want that my, my, my framework to be the biggest that all kinds of things can happen and they can choose it them for themselves. Not that I limit their options already by my understanding. So that's one of my fears. So that's why I like extremes. That's why I like the super late arm bars because then everything else is earlier. You know, if I find out the last bit, then I know the framework and then we can put everything between also, you know? So that's why I like, like, uh, you know, also, that's why the super late side corner escapes are important, that very narrow, narrow fields are also important. But the way we teach maybe beginners, we shouldn't start with the narrow maybe, yeah? We, we shouldn't, you know, you, you don't start teaching side control escapes by putting people in arm bars, you know? So first, let them avoid the arm bar, let them avoid the cross space underhooks. 
you know, and then things can go worse. Not like we teach them to give everything away and then they complain Jiu-Jitsu is hard. I understand. The one thing I did start doing, and I did try it a couple of times, and I must say I enjoyed the hell of it, was uh, teaching backwards. Yeah. So going from, from uh, what did we do? We did, uh, you were teaching that and you were showing that in the, in the seminar using a normal plata. And then we worked kind of away a little bit backwards, like worked away into the position and stuff like that. I did the same thing. I tried it with the Americana. So we put an Americana. I said, guys, try to escape this shit. <laughs> yeah. Just go for it. And then we worked backwards and backwards and backwards and backwards. And I could see it dawn on people, like halfway through the class. Oh, this is what we're doing. And I, I of course, I talked. You know, I gave the credit where the credit was due. I said, guys, you have to watch pre. You have to go online. You have to like, if you have questions, come over to me. Send me a message <laughs> and stuff like that. I'll guide you through it. But you have to look it up. You have to, 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 to do your research right now. The backwards is, it's, it's really crazy that a lot, lot of books actually are talking about the backwards methodology. Yeah. But it's so weird that it's not even close to being a mainstream. And, uh, you know, the Marcelo MG Action site founder, the chess guy, I am very bad with names. He talked about it extensively. I can get it. If you wait one second. Oh, Amandra, what's the name of the chess guy from the Marcelo Garcia? Uh, Josh Whiteskin, right? Yeah. Whiteskin, right? Whiteskin. <laughs> Is it Whiteskin or Whiteskin? How racist are we going to be tonight? <laughs> Whiteskin. <laughs> yeah. So he was talking member of the KKK, apparently. This, no. <laughs> with, with, with this backward method, you can teach, you know, you can, teach, you, uh, you can teach chess to most everybody that also keeps them very engaged because you can play. You know, you have a king, pawn and a king, and let's play chess, you know. And then you build up complexity from the most certain to the less certainty. And uh, this way, teaching jiu-jitsu makes all the sense in the world. I teach, you know, submissions like this. I teach passes like this. I teach also, uh, in a way, sweeps like this. Uh, people tend to use sweeps also this way because they kind of like a... Uh, but I, I will start from some stage that's already falling, you know, and then I work backwards in a way. I think I would think about this because in a, in a beginning stage of the sweep, they just, you know, shift their hips and sweep doesn't work anymore, you know. So I have to, I have to get to the point where the certainty of sweep is already landing for, you know, over 60, 70%. So, and this is, I, like you, this is when coaches hear that, they go like, shit, it's interesting. And then they do their own tests. And then like, yeah, this makes sense. And why, you know, not, not people, why not more people are talking about it or, or, and it's not like I invented that. It's just read any, any book that talks about teaching. There's a, definitely some cases that makes sense to go forward, but a lot of cases and more cases that people actually would think it makes sense to teach backwards uh, from most certainty to less certainty. And uh, yeah, this, this also, I'm, I'm a very, big proponent of the better class structure overall and not doing 20, 30 minutes warm-ups, but, but this kind of methodology also and feedbacks, feedback loops and everything else should be a big part of that, you know, every, you know, every jitsu class, so to speak, because every kind of sports book you, you pick up, everybody talks. You have to get as much feedback as you, as you get for your technique all the time. Every engineering kind of mechanism you build, it's all about the feedback to, to build the efficiency up. So why we're not using the feedback like this? Because clearly coach cannot monitor 20, 30 people, you know? 
to give them individual feedback. So that's why I have with a partner, we go like, you know, what was good, what can be better. So everybody talks to each other and I, I understand, I see the overall mistakes, you know. And then everybody, most everybody feels included to the class because they get feedback towards their doings, you know. It's not like overall kind of like, oh, everybody did this. So you want to have individualized feedback, you know. And so there's many, many methodologies that uh, I think Shihitsu can benefit. And this could be a, like, you know, uh, topic for another totally specific uh, podcast that that uh, I think there's a you saying that Jiu-Jitsu is uh, getting better and there's a leap coming, you know, and techniques and youngsters coming up and the Jiu-Jitsu techniques and everything. But I think as a, as a, as a club, definitely I'm not a business guy that talks about how to run a club as a business. But I think running the classes better will keep more people happy and uh, less people will quit because they feel that they're getting better. They understand their goals. They can pull stuff off. They survive better. And I think as a community, we have so much to win from there. And, uh, and then if we learn more to do business, also what schools should learn, how to run a business, not like a run a club because all it barely makes it, you know? So there's a clearly better ways to have a, like a, a sham business and then more like a humane business, you know? That's true. And, uh, and so we, we can also have it there like a leap. So, so our sport gets better, our teaching gets better, our community gets bigger. You know, in a way, we can take over, you know? And uh, so why not? So, but again, it's a slow burn, you know? And, and uh, so that's why I like the slow burn, that we, we meet enough resistance and then I, you know, I can talk to people, debate them, and get through to some coaches and they will start to implement those things and slowly it grows because... It is a bit like a, what I'm saying. It's a weird, but for me, it's not. But I understand for a lot of people this. It's a bit like a paradigm shift, the way you should do things. And because I don't come from the famous lineage, I'm, I would like to say I'm self-taught. Somebody gave me a black belt, but I'm still, you know, I did it basically because I was in Estonia. And if I see somebody twice a year, you know, I, I think a coach would be something personal, you know, that co you work with them, you know, every week or whatever, you know. So... I appreciate people that helped me, but I mostly had to figure stuff out my, on my own. You know, the answers and turtles and grilled chicken and everything I do. It's like the, the, my thinking process brought them to life. It's genius. It's genius. I must so, say, I, I, I did, I came from something different. I had a, and, and what helped me a lot. And I, I'm, I don't know, and, and I'm talking a little bit at a, this is may not be the answer for everybody, but to a lot of people. When I came back from Brazil, I had a constant feedback from a bunch of black belts. I was, I was in a gym um, that, uh, that was part of a group that met every day in the afternoon. And I had 30 black belts around me, constantly, at least. You know? So if I, if I fucked up, they would scream from the other side of the gym, say, what are you doing, Poha? And uh, wait, go, go do something. You understand? So I had, when I came here to the Netherlands, I didn't have that anymore. It was gone. I didn't have all my teachers. I didn't have all my mentors, all my friends and all this stuff like that. And it was gone. And something that did help me a lot is what you said. And of course, what Chris Payne went into during the seminar. And I, I thought it was wonderful, like being self-taught. I never, never really thought about it. And it, it does give me a lot of confidence in seeing you guys doing it and doing it so freaking well, by the way, to actually yeah. go ahead and, 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 and 
take the plunge and be a little bit more independent. I, I guess, you know, my also, I, I'm, I'm happy that I, I could do it because clearly I have a job right now and everything else. But yeah. also I think one of, my, one of my things is I do this that other people don't have to do it because it is, it is, faster, it is faster to evolve in a field when certain things are clear and you can just go and do your stuff, you know. It's, it's hard to, you know, when certain things are not working well and it, it would, that, that's the stuff that hinders you, you know. And uh, if certain things are fixed, it's easier to just go launch yourself forward and figure stuff out, you know. So what I'm trying to do also to push, to make sure that the next generation has better understanding of escapes and, you know, evolution still happens and next ones will be better than the previous ones. So then I, I think I've achieved, I, you know, I achieved my, one of the goals that we don't de degenerate, so to speak. Uh, and, uh, but I think that also, that's why, that's why also I like to teach the way I like, because giving people answers, I think it's one way, not because of you, is one way to make them lazy, uh, intellectually lazy. You know, I, I think it's very wonderful when you have, um, not every question should be, you know, earned like this some can be given and you know not every question is like oh you know go think about it 10 years and come back we have a discussion but i think that's why it's like i when i show stuff okay think about what would be the answer and they they think about themselves at first and then i kind of guide them you know and then i also show them the answer but i, I also challenge them a little bit like oh what would I, what would i do myself and then i show them something many people go oh i actually thought something similar so I don't, I don't make their, you know, I don't make them sleepy, so to speak. I encourage their learning and self-thinking, uh, self, because anyway, after a certain purpose at this level, you're kind of on your own, you know, you have to solve your own problems. So everything before that has to prepare people for the self-taught, mm -hmm. self, uh, self-teaching. Because if you just spoon-fed to the purples and stuff, and you go like, oh, but now what? Uh, who makes me a black belt? You go like, no, it's your job. You so it's like a, it's like a spoiled brat, you know, you make them 18, but, and they never lifted anything in their life, you know, like a, everything was, they thought everything is entitled, you know, and uh, those kind of society members are dangerous. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. so in jujitsu, I think, you know, as a parent, some, some answers you give, some answers you make them earn and you make them earn the value of money, you know, as, as a, nothing grows on trees, trees. And uh, so in Jiu-Jitsu also, like, you challenge them a little bit to give them boundaries. You let them pay, let them play, and make, let them play, like, find out what they like, what kind of decision. Let them solve some very minuscule problems, you know, on their own, that, uh, that the big picture stays the same, but they can solve some problems to, to gain the experience, you know, not to give them too much problems. So, and this, all this will prepare them for them getting to black belt because in some time they will have to take over because yes. they have to solve their own problems and really get there because it, clearly it's not a technical ability after purple to black. It's more like a confidence, it's timing. Yes, it's it's problem. So, so I find if we don't do that, we just, we're just creating people that will quit in some point and are, are not ready to solve problems. They're always like, give me the answer, you know? Because mm -hmm. the answers are not any more straightforward after a while. So, yeah. so we, we have to prepare people for that. And I know people want certainty. May live my life for me. No, 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 no. You have to get there. Yeah.
That's so. beautiful. I think we have, uh, well, most of the questions are gone. I did see, I did see that you rose as high. High <laughs> uh, rose. Uh, and uh, there's also a question he asks, what would be the thing he will ask Telus first if, when he meets him? Uh, I would actually, I think I would giggle like a, like a small <laughs> kid because I never met him. Uh, clearly, I don't want to, you know, put him in a pedestal too much, but clearly that uh, I was, I, uh, I was lucky that he caught my eye, and I know that many people will exclude him from the conversation because ah, oh, that's Tellus and that doesn't matter, and he loses fights, and I was like, dude, you just you don't see the evidence that pretty much nobody can take his back. How yeah. is that not a how is that not a valuable thing to study? You know, so. Probably I would just, I know, honestly, I just probably would shake his arm, shake his hand, <laughs> and uh, just thank you. And uh, I don't think there's much to say. Uh, so I, I don't, I, I've told, I've been told that he's not very that aggressive, you know, spreading his turtle, he's a nice guy. And uh, people have told me that I'm actually way more aggressive about, you know, spreading my ideas and fighting for turtle. Uh, fighting for ideas of turtle, you know, and uh, making people question those dogmas that don't show your back and turtle is a transitional position, all those things. And Tellus has been more like a doer and not so much a promoter, you know. And uh, I, I kind of, I, I'm, I'm happy that I can do that and help also people notice him because we don't know how, how long he's active anymore and what he does. And uh, if we can't solve that guy out, like totally, I think we're going to have a big information dump, you know, like a level do drop. Because he clearly understands something that many people don't. And it's only basically like one guy in the world yeah. that, that can do it in the highest level. So we have to study him. We have to, you know, get to him. And uh, we have to, you know, there's DVDs about it, but I think maybe seeing what he does or even close or meeting him once or seeing him from the distance, kind of like how he rolls would, would even, you know, provide me more information and even rolling with him also just to yeah. see how he moves. And, uh, so we'll see what happens, but I clearly, I would just go like, I would, I was shaking out because he, he was the guy that went a little bit against, you know, against the tide. And he would just goes like, I don't like to play guard. My guard gets passed, go to turtle. And uh, probably he, he took some backlashes, you know, people were like, oh, why turtle? And he played turtle weirdly. He just pulled, you know, pulled people to turtle in the matches. You know, he, thought he, did, he did turtle pulled, turtle pulls. <laughs> because because uh, 10 years ago, I think, or something, you know, the rolls from turtle and takedowns were points. So his game a little bit made also sense. But uh, clearly he was the guy that also went against the norm. And those people I always appreciate because um, it, it takes guts to go there. And because of him, and probably there's more turtle people, but he's the most known. And because of him, we have access to that information and the evidence that is actually not easy to take. So I really definitely like hats off and, you know, and he could actually pull it off. And he's a no-gi world champ, I think, adults and stuff. So he, ha he has credentials. So it's not like he, he can pull it off, you know, so it's, um, you know, I'm getting like rallied up when I talk about him, but he's clearly <laughs> he's one, of, one of the guys that I, that I really look up and I, I, I'm, I'm thankful that he exists. 
Yeah, but he's amazing. I, I, believe, I understand it. Dude, it was amazing. We have our time now, definitely. Cool. I want to know, what does the future look like? Oh, shit. I know. Uh, sure, I'm because back. your time is I'm, up, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, if I say scared, I'm, I don't mean like I'm shaking, but uh, Monday is a defensive BJ launch. Uh, online stuff, all eyes are on me. I have to deliver. Uh, people have said, don't worry about it, it will work. I was like, I don't know. And uh, prob the interest is big, you know. Uh, we have uh, almost 600 emails or something that people have not paid but signed up and showed the interest, you know. And uh, some already are functioning in a site. So definitely, uh, but future is open. Because I don't know if the you know everything goes down the Corona stuff and and then I get back to traveling you know I can back to working on my apartment I go back to roll back to see the world back to work on my site and so the future is I would say you know let's call it right now bright and a lot of work ahead but what else I'm gonna do so it looks amazing and, man yeah. looking from here it looks shiny beautiful and amazing i think you're gonna do great my man yeah <laughs> I'm so that sure was... you already are you already are you already are way up there i yeah, mean I, I, would, I would even go as far to call you the john denner of europe <laughs> uh, i i guess i'm not gonna, you know, better because i i have a personal hate towards banner because of uh, his weird way of talking and i love the way you do the way you explain it, it's immediately clear. It's immediately okay. Clear. No, Thank you. Don't go into the, the weird stuff. There. Yeah. So I, I appreciate the exposure. This is uh, because clearly, you know, that I always say like podcast, you guys have a responsibility to bring value to your listeners. You don't want to get anybody in a podcast that will, you know, you know kind of bad mouth something or that doesn't advance the art or, or give value to your listeners. So I appreciate people with podcasts allowing me to have a voice and uh, to express my ideas and reach more people through that. And uh, so if I reach one or a hundred, what, what doesn't matter, but I still reach and I, I think it's a really nice sign of respect that I get to, you know, talk to you in that sense through that medium. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, it was a, it was a huge honor. It was uh, amazing. You have no idea how happy I'm after. <laughs> it really is like uh, from not knowing who you are to completely falling in love after I heard the Hawking thing, <laughs> to watching all the videos and watching all the thing, and it dawning on me that you opened up this new path in uh, Jiu-Jitsu. For not only me, but I believe also a bunch of other people. I can see them methodically and almost OCD-like, some people at 10th Planet going like panda, roll, everything like that. It's amazing. It's amazing. So the influence you have is definitely in a very, very deep one. In a very Thank deep you. One. And I'm going to try that shit. I'm, um, I'm going to try it. I'm going to definitely going to try it in the, in the next competition. I'm going to <laughs> I'll, I'll send you all the footage <laughs> and you're going to tell me everything that went wrong. I would love it. That's a, that's a deal. Let's do it. Yes. I'm going to end it right now, but then just afterwards, we'll like talk a little bit. And then cool. uh, for, so for now, for the people watching and listening, this was Preet Mikkelsen, the great back giver and taker <laughs> the man the future it's here right now thank you very much Pete.
we would like to take a moment and thank our wonderful and beautiful sponsors. First, Mother Nature, for creating the cauliflower, the symbol of our resistance and our unification in this world. Secondly, I would like to thank the people that lend us this space. Baie Pei. It's here in Amsterdam. Wonderful coffee, wonderful atmosphere, just all around peaceful. Thank you from the depths of our hearts. Also, I would like to once again address my candidacy for the presidency of Chokincho. That's it. Chokincho is just that amazing that I think they deserve me as a president. Exceptional rash guards, exceptional shorts. And that's what I believe in. I believe that rash guards should be strong, that boots should be dirty, that freedom should be free, and that bald eagles should fly over everybody's house every morning at sunrise. Choke and chill. If you believe in freedom, then you believe in choke and chill. I would also like to thank Monkey Tape for keeping things together. Monkey Tape, keeping things together. It's a play on words. You'll get it. Thank you, Monkey Tape. Thank you also to Grip020. He had made me squat so much that I'm more amphibious now than I have ever been in my life. I'm partially frogman just because of that much squatting and strength training. Thank you, Grip. You're an amazing guy. And that's it. Also, thank you, ATC. If it wasn't for you, we, this would have never started. We had never known each other and we had never grown to be this awesomely strong community. The place, a home outside of our own home. Eat more cauliflowers. Thank you very much.